0: hello everybody here we are
1: oh. hello everybody hi i'm sandy and i'm al and we are here with our kickoff podcast of 2020
0: of the roaring 20s speaking of which you shared that uh that musician that was playing
1: uh every pop song, song in yes in roaring 20s, 20s music and style. i
0: thought that was really interesting and i that's a, actually a really good jumping off point is when we look at the 20s of the 1900s, 1920s and on, and you look at how the world was changing, it was a pretty exciting time, post-World War I, and, and everything that had drawn the universe. Today we're so connected, and World War I was happening back then, but the people at home didn't get the same perspective, and get the same connection to it. and as that ended and that took many years and and it took years to filter out all the information the 20s became this roaring time of change and especially in the youth the women's rights and the things that happened and things were changing were going on and it became a, a really cool iconic time for us and i would like to see the 20s of the 2000s be an equally cool time in its own way, because it's modernized, it modernizes different. Uh, clearly, the music will be different. Although it was fun to hear the music of the 20s played in the, you know, the, the a current song in the in the 20s style. But I think there's something magical in thinking about that, and and you know, I've talked a bit about that that the Roaring 20s, because it was this time of a real change, of real significant moving forward in humanity, and it wasn't just little things were happening. I think really big things were happening and why I'm so connected to it. Now I'm as old as I am, but my mother and my father were born in the early 20s. My mother was born in 1921 and my father was born in 1922 and that's probably what draws me back. Now this is weird. This is one generation. This isn't my grandparents or my great grandparents. This is my mother and father and the culmination of them is me. And they were born during that period of time, and maybe that's the, the fascination, attraction to it. But also when we look at how much changed in that period of time, and that's why for me, I've been thinking about the roaring 20s in terms of this decade is, has left me really excited, this, this coming decade about what it can be and what it will be in my life. And, and it's really been an interesting reflection because we're what, three days or four days into that period of time, and there are five days what is it the fifth fourth third right. uh, whatever it is and i'm pretty fired up about what 2020 and beyond looks like so maybe good spot to jump off is what does the the near future look like what does the current future look like what do we see going on in our lives what do we see happening in the world around us moving forward
1: well, interestingly, when we were talking about people that were born in the twenties, I discovered that all of my grandparents were born in the twenties. So my grandpas were born in twenty two and twenty-three and my grandmas were born in twenty eight and twenty nine mm-hmm. and I actually in twenty nineteen lost both of my grandmas. So a
0: they were born in the pretty 20s.
1: eventful year, although I do understand the energy that you're seeing in the upcoming years. I think there's been a bit of a cultural shift into more of a celebration of entrepreneurs and small businesses, and I think a lot of people are understanding that to a greater extent, which I think is really good, and I know when it comes to... Living Legendary and the path that we're on and the people that we get to work with, it is magical. I had a moment yesterday where I was, what was I doing? I was looking through something or um, photos and organizing things, just looking at some of the projects that we've been able to do in recent Timing so like in the last year and then of course with all of our service roster we have customers that go back what to the 80s and everything in between so Like the people that we get to work with it's just magical and I just I had a moment that you know We were talking a little bit around the first. What do I see for this year? And I know that my biggest responsibility or role is still putting our message together, putting our story out there so that we can attract more of these awesome people. And that's like my main, my main mission is just to make sure that we keep attracting them into our lives so that we can begin building, you know, magic for people like that.
0: It's crazy to think. So two points. First off, you mentioning your grandparents born in the 1920s. Just so you know the difference between us, all of my grandparents were born in the 1880s. Just, just putting it out there. <laughs> anyway, I think about the 1980s, and you're talking about some of our customers from them, from then. And I think of those early customers' lives that I was involved with in the 80s, and I think they're still in our lives, which is sensational and, and mind-blowing, really, to put in perspective that that you could have faith in a company that long that 30 some years later you're still allowing them to be in your life and, in and company it's amazing faith in the people both I mean it's it's I, there's I don't know that there's one or the other but when I think back to that and I go wow that's amazing to think that over 30 some years we've been able to take care of those same customers it's pretty sensational yeah, yeah really fortunate um, but anyway moving forward so so we've we kind of went back and looking at the past. The future I think is, again, it's all a mental thing. And I've been reminded of that so much recently, that how powerful the mind is and the mindset and making that decision to every day be happy and to be engaged in what you're doing and love the experience. And I would like to kind of spend a little time there because I know that you and I each have independently had mental shifts, mind shifts and and maybe let's even go over the last decade uh, over the last 10 years of of how we've changed and yet we're still the same basic people but I think we're I I know for me that I'm more more of a believer than ever of having a good attitude creates good results uh, loving the thing that you do whether or not it's necessarily quote unquote in the fun pile of life's experiences you still find a way to love the experience because it's the experience, no matter whether no matter whether it's a good thing, like a, a yummy thing to do, or a, maybe at one point I would have thought it was a terrible thing to do, but when you look at something that's just not fun to do necessarily, but you look at it with a new set of lenses, and you say, this is a great thing. I get to do this. And, and that's been the pool business for me because you well know that there was a period of time where there was nothing fun about it for me. I was doing it because I had to exist, I had to live, I had all the same expectations of life and job and bills and blah, 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 blah. And yet that exact same stuff that I would do today, I'll find a sense of joy in doing it. Is this stuff any different? Well, Some of it is, but in general, it's the same stuff, maybe differently applied, but what, what I dreaded in the past to do for all kinds of reasons, I found a way of loving to do today and therefore I don't have a bad day. And we've had recently Mike Lane coming back. Now Mike was, is an old friend, uh, a a very old friend of mine going back to my childhood. And certainly through my early years of of the pool business, Mike Lane was involved way back in those days and worked on and off for years. And now he's back for a brief period of time and he certainly can express the difference that our company is, but he's a really good reminder of kind of where I came from and how much I struggled in those years to find joy in what I was doing. And now those same tasks that years ago, I wouldn't have found the same joy in. I'm just finding a way of loving. And it's really amazing because that's the mindset. Nothing changed in the work, but everything changed in the work. Because this changed.
1: Well, speaking of changes, we now have Goldens on the job all the time. Like brace. Or on our laps. Although brace is more at the office with me. He's my pal, but apparently he wanted a cameo. So I do know in this last week when I had a significant shift. So we finished up 2019 working on the Once Upon a Time Pool Magical, Mm, Magical, Magical. And we haven't had the official kickoff party yet because we got such an early winter, like it was snowing in frigid temperatures and we had just finished the pool, gotten water in it, the hot tub was up and running for a little while. But that one, it doesn't feel anywhere near complete, I think just in my mind, because Mm -hmm. we haven't had that kickoff. Mm -hmm. And we've been working on the Lazy River as well, which that early winter turned into fall a long, again gentle winter and yeah. we're still working in January and it's supposed to be 50 degrees all week in Michigan anyway the significant shift for me in the project the lazy river which we've been working on and I've been out to a few times to get the progress as well as our team taking photos and videos and we invented that construction cam so you can see every day what's going on there hey Briggs watch out watch out I want the people I want to see the people thank you buddy good boy. So I've seen the project and everything going on and you went live on the job the other day and it was a 10 minute live. You were showing Katie was at the job interviewing Kaylee and then you walked us around. And from the time that I had been there last, which was right before Christmas, long. Right. there's so much more going on. And one of the things i know a lot of like pool builders and pool companies follow us and i'm in a lot of groups online with the pool people and there's many different ways to do things and there's a lot of different segments of the industry as we've discovered and having other people in the industry see what you do is a vulnerable position because the um, fear of critique will always be there and I had such a monumental shift watching that live, just personally about the, the depth and scope and intensity of this project that I shifted into an even new appreciation of it. And then I wanted to share it. So I shared in the Pool Industry Mastermind group that I moderate and I don't normally share in there. And as I was listing, I wanted to introduce it, so it was your live, so basically I just shared that video in it, and I said, in case you wanted to know what we work on, this is a hybrid, lazy river, infinity edge pool, happens to be a themed fishing village, and we're at a residential home in Michigan. Like, just stringing those things together. And of course, you know, there's so many more features in there. There's the sun shelf. There's the spa. There's the swim-through grotto. There's the bridge you jump off of. There's three equipment pads. There's the fishing shack with the surge tank and the dock. And then there's, you know, beyond that is the pond and everything else. Like, that's just freaking epic. Like, words don't express... project and as you were walking around I know Karen and Jesse weren't on site that day but Kaylee and Zach and you and Mike Lane were and Katie was filming and the people that you build that with is such a small crew such a small team of people You know, Frank's been instrumental on the construction and of the buildings on this project and on Once Upon a Time. And Karen and Jesse and Kaylee and Zach do the bulk of the heavy lifting and putting in the patios and putting in the different things. So, like, the team, the team is really dialed in. It's a great size and, again, just back to the scope of what we build and everybody just kind of goes out there every day and does what's next and then you turn around and look at it and it's this massive spread of things going on that looks like it's been there for a really long time
0: well it is massively cool and i think seeing it through your eyes then as you described your shift helped me realize how big it is and there's a lot going on. And because we do this every day, and I'm seeing the incremental changes, I see that every single solitary little moment of change, I don't think I've recognized how big it is until mentally seeing it through your eyes when you express that, that wow, it just took on a life of its own. And I recognize there's so much going on there that I can't even fathom kind of a, a customer's perspective like they don't know what they're getting they know it's going to be cool they trust and believe in us that it's going to be cool but then they say well what's that going to look like because for so long here's this looks like a big 40 foot long blob of concrete that's actually a river you know it's a cave to go through and they look at that so long and go you know what could that possibly be that's cool and now we have these buildings spring up with all kinds of color and all kinds of cool genre and feel of stuff going on around it to, to give it this sense of uh, this fishing village in the Caribbean with this river running through it and this all of those things and boats upon boats being used in cool ways and it has to be a unique experience it has to be something that's absolutely non- unexpected I would imagine they, they expect something, they just don't know what they're going to expect. But then to get that is, I would hope it's really cool because it's the life and soul and heart of who I am as a human being. I think that while all of these amazing people you just mentioned them are doing these individual pieces to make all this happen, it, it turns out that it's my palette of paint. I mean, they're the artists doing the painting, but I'm the one, you know, guiding them. You into invented what it, it
1: in your mind. Right, first. right, it was
0: it was purely in my mind that they're helping bring to life. And there's a vulnerable part of that because I don't want it to not be better than I could have imagined. There's There's a sense inside of me that I always strive for it to be better than I could have imagined. And if it's not, I'm disappointed. So going into a project, it needs to become better than I could possibly have imagined it to be, or I will be disappointed in me and the result of the project. And that's a lot of pressure, but that's also this amazing space of how can I constantly reinvent myself? And we've been doing these, these signs and things here lately, as you've seen. Ask me how many times I've ever done those signs in my life. What do you mean? Zero. I've never made I've never painted signs like this sign. before in my life and the inspiration and the signs turned out really cool the inspiration was I was on Pinterest looking for I don't know if I should tell you this but I was on Pinterest I know enough about the skills to do all that but I never put them together to create a sign I was on Pinterest looking for fishing villages and whatever and I ran across a thing that said how to make a vintage sign and I thought hmm, interesting and I clicked on it and it was technically a video someone had posted on Pinterest on how to make a vintage sign. And it was something absolutely not interesting at all to me. What they were making. The vintage sign didn't matter at all to me. But all it took was a moment to say, Well duh. And the and the first one actually, like that one required carbon paper, what they, they painted the sign or they painted a piece of wood, and they were stenciling over it. And what they said is, you know, print these letters and use carbon paper I don't know what they call it but it's technically carbon paper from when I was a kid and just copy it on there and then paint it and then do a little accent or something and that was all I needed to go well wait a minute that gives me an idea and we didn't have carbon paper so as you well know because you helped me cut the letters out of paper and we put them on a sign that I had painted and I put a border on it and I I sanded it off to think that it would make it look they had talked about Hitting it with a hammer or something to make it look old, and instead I thought it'd be better just to sand it. And uh, so I had sanded that thing, and I brought it, and I asked you to help me print these things, and you printed them, and then you helped me cut them out, and I traced around the edges, and that was the first time. And then of course you got me carbon paper on Amazon, Amazon. wherever you got it, and uh, magically now I could just lay the carbon paper down and stencil it on there, and paint it, and then sand it and weather it and add some accent and different that and then here we go, how many signs later, which I was thinking about that as I was painting, oh, I was sanding one.
1: So here's a guy who can build anything out of his imagination and concrete and everything else. And like the epiphany of the last week was, you can make a vintage sign. Right,
0: well, and think about that. All the cool things I've done, I just never taken my skills and done that thing. And one little, probably 30 seconds of a 10 minute video, I never watched the whole thing somebody i didn't has, matter what the end result was it was just it was it was a mind somebody shift.
1: giving you permission yes or
0: it, it's it's kind of the like framework. the very first time and i'll i'll let's go way back when i met Albert, and Albert uh, was the guy who taught me to carve rock out of concrete and and to me it was unbelievable because the only thing i I'd, I'd experienced before that was i'm sorry i'm digressing but i think this is important uh I had gone to a pool show in Phoenix, Arizona, and way back, way back, way back when, in those early shows for me, they would actually build a swimming pool. That because part of the demo was they would show you gun lighting, they would show you these different things. Well in the back of the convention there was a parking lot where they had built a gunite pool. They'd shot a gunite pool. It was only like two feet deep or whatever but one of the demonstrations that that day that I was there the few days that I was there was artificial rock installation now now it's just is normal that's just normal words for us but 25 26 27 years ago there was a little bit of that going on now it's normal everybody does ro- artificial rock and things but there was a company that was demoing these these uh, pre-cast stones and they were they made a mold of a, of a stone and then they would make a copy of it out of concrete and it was like this thick of like a fiberglass it's called uh, uh, GFR now um, uh, GFRC molten are, are what they are and what they are is they're concrete reinforced molds of concrete and what you do is you build the shape of it you copy a rock with rubber or latex and then you use that as a mold and then you put gfrc in there it's actually what it's called and it's uh, a mixture of portland cement sand and a ton of fiber and you basically fill the mold with all of that and it's only a half an inch thick or quarter inch thick and you let it set up and when you pop the mold out now you got this fake rock there which now they make them for well tops and all these and different things
1: selling them yeah michael's anywhere. i saw them yeah, today yep, like anywhere. 50 bucks a pop so for 20, a-
0: Right, for a thing, for a rock. So 25 years ago, these GFRC molds just barely existed. And this company had made them, and they were demonstrating, putting them on the side of a pool. And in their booth, they had this spa that was lined with this thing, so you could make it out of these GFRC panels. They didn't call it that at the time, it was whatever. But I watched this guy install this thing, and he literally picked it up, set it on the edge of the pool, And it kind of fit to the shape of the pool and then he whipped up some mud and mixed it up and he filled around the edges and then they like put a couple of them together and they they battered this mud together to make them seamless like two pieces stuck together and then they went in there and they used these little tools and they sort of carved these shapes to make them now not just look like they've been mudded together but then like they were individual rocks And then they painted them, and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. This is just, how how is that even possible? So that was my first introduction to that, and I thought, wow, that's really cool. Never worked in Michigan. This was in Arizona that this was happening, and I thought, Michigan, one or two freezes, that thing, you know, that that joint would crack apart, and all of a sudden, you'd have a broken piece here and a broken piece there because it would never handle the freeze. And whether they do or not, I don't know, but that led me to not that many years later meeting a guy named Melbert who hand built out of cages of steel and, and metal mesh these shapes of rocks, put them in place on the edge of the pool and then he covered them with concrete and then he covered them with another layer and then he carved into them and made them look into rock. They looked like actual rocks and I was just blown away by that, that it was even possible. But all that took for me was to see it once and here's the whole reason for the story was I saw it and I was amazed. And I remember that first day I went to that job where Albert had been and hanging off, and I've told the story many times, hanging off the side of this wall was this big, what looked like a 5,000 pound boulder. It was a big, massive rock and it was all hollow and it was made out of concrete and it looked just like a boulder. And I took a Polaroid picture of that that I carried around for a long time. Yeah, Polaroid a while ago. Now we just take pictures all day long with our phones, and it's no big deal. But at that time, can you imagine? You bought a 10 pack of Polaroid pictures for about 10 bucks. They were a buck a piece to produce. Click the picture, it came out, and you waited for it to develop itself. And it was about it was about a buck a piece that many years ago.
1: Oh, are Polaroids oh. more expensive now.
0: Yeah, well, it was pretty expensive then. So when you took a picture, you, it had to mean something. When you took a normal picture that was on film at least to develop a film that was you know 24 pictures cost six dollars or something but this was a buck a piece for a polaroid
1: and now i go out to lazy river and i'll take 300 i'll take 300 photos in an hour of everything going on yeah
0: so that tells you that tells you how long ago we're talking about but i had a polaroid picture of that boulder hanging off that wall and i carried that around for a long time because that was a significant mind shift for me that while I thought I knew what concrete was, I did not know what it could be until I saw what it could be. And that's the day that I saw what it could be and I knew that I could do that. If someone else could do that, I could do that. And that's what's happened now in all of these projects is much like the painted signs. Do I have all the skills to screw wood together and to paint it and to sand it? Uh, Absolutely, and to uh cut out shapes and letters yes and paint it yes and weather it yes i have all those skills but you know what i didn't have the permission Mm -hmm. like somehow i had to be ordained to have the permission to do it
1: well today the sign making got even better because we were trying to make letters a certain size and in walks molly to pick up levi molly
0: my 15-year-old daughter who's amazing at lettering. And it's
1: like, well, why don't we just have Molly do it? Because then we don't have to fight with the printer to get the letters to come out. And so Molly's like, well, do you want me to do it? it? And we're like, yeah. So she freehands this entire she free, sign. Free hand
0: out an eight foot sign
1: yeah.
0: and then painted it.
1: Well, and then she says, well, I'm not really good at painting. And I say, as I would, of course, always say, well, there's no time like today to enhance your skill set. Worst and case. And also,
0: worst case, we paint over paint it and we again. start over.
1: Yeah, that's, And she she nailed it. It's she fantastic. It. Yeah. And it's even, I mean, your signs are yummy and the ones that you've built are yummy. And then it gets yummier because,
0: because here's, you know.
1: The story of molly creating well,
0: this one well and here's that permission thing yeah molly just do it that's all the permission she needed she didn't oh but i don't know if i'm qualified i don't know if i have the skill set i don't know if i have the job requirements to do that's, it instead she just said okay that's
1: all I'll the try permission it. that our yeah, team that's that's all it needs. needs she's an example of what happens every day on the job where this group of people is creating out of nothing, like, this magical pool. And with Lazy River, too, some of those early meetings were, okay, guys, if this, like, was a dream pool that you could imagine, what else could you imagine having at this pool? I mean, have we talked about fire? Because, I mean, there's uh, going to be fire. Uh, yeah, but
0: there's going to be fire as well. So,
1: mm-hmm. like, there's there's one of everything that we could imagine on the Lazy River mm-hmm. project.
0: Well, that that whole Molly experience today, recognizing that all the permission she needed was to set, was to scoot her into you could do this, mm-hmm. and she just did it.
1: Well, making these yeah. signs, fabricating that, and doing it for a client. You know, if it wasn't a part of our project, and say somebody just needed a sign, they would hire somebody to build a sign
0: for thousands, for hundreds to thousands of dollars
1: that Molly, a 15 year old with a little bit of help putting the sign framework together could do all day long.
0: And the materials, not the paint, which was all just kind of scrap paint Paint that I found here. here. The materials were like $19.82.
1: But then it's that, the skill set mm -hmm. of putting it together and making a, a cohesive, Picture. and the
0: willingness to put it together yeah. I mean you can have the skill set but you have to have the willingness part and we don't talk about the willingness and as much as we talk about the skill set you can have all the skills in the world but if you're not willing to do something those skills don't mean anything mm-hmm. and that was something that we saw with Molly today was she had the willingness to sort of just do it yeah. we asked her to do it and she just performed
1: well and we've had that experience a lot, you know, think about Lena. We had a staircase and on Pinterest, there's these staircases and instead of being plain, you paint whimsical things. It's like, hey, Lena, have you ever painted like this? No, well, do you want to? Wait, do you have
0: any skills at painting whatsoever? No, (laughs) do you want to do this? Sure, Yeah. and our steps are magical. And both sets of steps she did, going from the basement up and then up to the second floor. Well.
1: And oh, then we sensational. tasked her with doing some furniture, which turned out really well. And then Al's like, hey, you think she could paint the boat? So, I mean, think about that. She is, she graduated from high school last year. So a college freshman. And she works with us at, you know, her schedule that fits in with school. And like, there's a boat like that you would go fishing in like an aluminum
0: yeah aluminum rowboat
1: rowboat it's
0: 12 or 14 12 foot I think. and
1: like al puts it in the barn so on a couple of sawhorses and like hey paint this and the only instruction is make it fun
0: make it cheery and fun. I mean yeah.
1: no pressure right
0: <laughs> and and it's phenomenal and the boat yeah. is yeah, spectacular it, she she nailed it
1: so yeah. there's just example after example of whether it's Fitting together equipment that needs to all fit into this, you know sixty-two pipes coming in and yeah, needs to fit no in space this space. And Mark or you will tackle that and
0: Mark Mark has been absolutely magical. We don't we don't talk enough about Mark. We really don't. Yeah. When it comes to the tasks that I've asked him to figure out how to do in the world of plumbing and making the space work and Mark has been sensational. I mean, that's just something, you know, he, he, on the service end and all of that of what he does is amazing, but we have not given him space. This time on Lee's River Acres, we've given him as much space as he could possibly need to everything, to do everything he needs. But in past years, I think about the 72 pipes coming into a, a five by five room and he's, he's expected to a heater and three pumps and a filter and a this and a that and he stacks them up on top of each other he's been insanely amazing uh but there's yet another example of you give a challenge but then you have an expectation of what you Mm -hmm. want them to do and they do it Mm -hmm. and and mark has done that repeatedly and i'm i'm trying to make it a little easier on him in terms of space so this time I did gave he, him two buildings. Why well,
1: didn't you give him a lot of space on the last one he plumbed? And then like he crammed it all together he or did. something?
0: He crammed it yeah. all together on one end and we have all this space left over on two separate equipment pads. Like what's Which all this space for? But but that's what he's, When I, I well, mean, I like, can't blame him because that is absolutely what I've given him. I've given him something that needed 12 feet to do in eight and he's done it. So when I give him 12 foot he only needs eight, he only uses eight. Yeah.
1: Well, and then, you know, Kyle, as another example, has taken over some of the lighting. So at once upon a time, we had all the vignettes of the lighting, and then there was the grotto lighting, which you did. But now there's the additional lanterns and lighting outside. And Kyle, to this point, didn't really have experience doing that. But he's seen what we do, and he knew enough about how to put wires together.
0: And knows how they that work. he wired
1: the majority of the boxes and mm. we got creative with the lights so they're not all just the same there's but there's, there's nothing that's even close
0: to normal with the lighting and
1: different cool things and then we just yes. got the lanterns done that he'll be tasked with installing but then we also we checked in with the team at our last meeting right before Christmas and had everybody reflect on kind of their favorite thought from the year something that surprised them and I know Kaylee and Jesse both feel like they grew in that ability because in the spring, Karen was not on the job with them yeah, right no. at the beginning. And they really had to step up and do a lot of stuff that they would have looked to her for more guidance Guidance on. and
0: advice on how to do and they it. And, I mm-hmm. mean,
1: kudos to her for instilling in them the confidence and some of the skills and for you and just us in our way of being that no is not an option or being worried or coming up with all of that, like, you know, fear and different things. That's not an option either. It's like, well, here's the task. Here's what we're doing. And whether or not everybody feels it on the inside right away, they're like, okay, I'll give it what I've got. I'll give it my best.
0: I, I think a, a great example that's, that needs to be, spoken and put into words because they all deserve it is this past week now this is really weird to think that we're still doing concrete work in december it was the last day of december it was the day before new year's eve so the 30th of december and here we have scheduled to pour three separate parts of patio which were critical to get done because it would make it easier for us to do, to finish other things would we had to have no we could have waited till spring but that would have held off some other stuff so we had the weather, we had the, the ground was thawed, everything was perfect. And then the truck shows up and it can't get into the yard. We have a separate access. He pulls 50 feet in and he's buried down. And it's like, let's try to get him out of here. There's no way. And he's able to get the concrete truck, seven and a half yards of concrete, back out onto the road. And I'm like, bring it back up the driveway. We'll figure out how to get it in here. And the team while everybody could have been crying and whining. Why can't we do it this way? Oh, it's going to be really hard. Oh, we can never push the concrete. So literally the concrete truck comes around the front of the house, puts the chutes on to come down this retaining wall to an existing patio that we have poured. They have to wheel from there along the patio down into a trench and push all the way around the the project through a trench that I had dug for the plumbing, the electrical, and, and, and the all of the different drainage pipes. They had to wheel through the trench, all the way around the job, out of the trench, down a hill to one patio, around the corner, down the hill to another patio. We were pouring steps. Or push out of the trench, turn up 360 degrees, and push back up the hill to a third pad. And instead of going, oh, we can't do it, we got to just, they just... Said, you know what? Here's the task in front of us. And I say, guys, look, we're just going to have to do it this way. There's just no other way. I, I, got, I did get the skid steer running in case we had to like run it from the, from the skid steer. That wouldn't have helped us at all because they would have still had to push in, in an even worse way. But we could have done that if it came down to it. Um, and they just did it. And it goes to mindset that instead of saying, oh, it's too hard, we can't. Uh, that was a really interesting, a really interesting ex, uh, experiment in human nature and human human willingness. And our team just performed beyond. We needed a few more people that just weren't going to be there. The original thing was to pull the truck right up there. They could just push a little way. We just had a few people to push con- wheel concrete, and I thought, well, that'll be enough because then we can do what we need to do. When it turned into this monumental task of having to wheel concrete. Uh, we really needed three or four more people to do it and yet they did it anyway and we still got it done so and, it was
1: you Mike Kaylee Zach and Mark and Mark yeah so five people
0: five people three se-
1: separate pads
0: seven and a half yards which isn't some massive amount of concrete but it's a massive amount of concrete if you' it, it would be nothing if you could just wheel and, and dump right there but it was pretty massive to think that the four of them Mike Lane had not been and not wheeled in 20 years. 15 years and certainly wasn't suited to do it but he said all right let's do this he wasn't expected that day i need him for something else and he's like give me a wheelbarrow i'll do the best that i can and i and i basically said to him don't worry if the young kids outrun you if they lap you you just do your thing you get in your game and you do the best that you can do and um and he did and you know of course kaylee and zach just probably went to the gym afterwards like it was no big deal after uh working their butts off, but, uh, you know, and, and Mark, same thing, hadn't wheeled in a while. I mean, it's not his normal job, mm-hmm. but I had asked him to do it because I knew we needed the extra person. He showed up and and he he pushed some massive loads of concrete that I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I, I he way outperformed what I would have imagined he would do, and he just did it and they all, it was just, it's amazing. It's really cool and it's humbling to witness what they're willing and able to do if you give them a reason and you again they deserve the praise and i don't praise enough but they they deserve the accolade because while most people may not even recognize what that is those who have done it realize how massive that is to do and undertake in that particular case we're talking i mean let's just add to it the fact that the ground is kind of soggy sloppy gross we threw whatever we could find, two by fours, two by sixes, sheet, partial sheets of plywood over these mucky trenches to wheel in. And they went and went and went. Seven and a half yards is a pretty good amount of concrete on any given day. I mean, when you normally pour concrete, no big deal. But with the extreme, with what this was, it was pretty monumental. I mean, it was it's something that uh, uh, when I think about you know, I'm at one end, and I'm laying the concrete and I'm doing what I'm doing, but what they what they did to get it there was pretty sensational.
1: Yeah. Well, on that note.
0: Well, we better wrap up. And, let's uh, uh,
1: continue the celebrating the roaring 20s, the yes. amazing 20s, and more, you know, living legendary. It's just a way of being. Awesome. It's being your own version of awesome because that'll give other people to be their own version. It,
0: it of gives awesome. them permission to be their own awesome. And you know what? Our, our, our awesomes are not all the same. No, it's absolutely the truth. So. But you're
1: right. It is humbling, and it is, and it it is monumental to see what our team
0: what the capacity of people is when they has when they been able their, to accomplish when they throw their minds and backs and hearts and soul into it. Absolutely. And I guess Briggs is just deciding to take over the camera. So with that,
1: cool.